At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, especially in today's economy. But over 31,000 businesses do know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, planning, budgeting, and inventory, so you can manage risk and improve margins. Everything you need, all in one place. See why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash offer. netsuite.com slash offer. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to today's show. For today's podcast, today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space. So you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo dot co. And a matter of fact, don't forget to go on ahead and tell them that Movie Loves You Night sent you. Hey, how you doing, Louie? Apparently was on mute. Uh, <laughs> I'm slightly drunk and pretty high, so ready to talk some movies. All right, let's do this. All right, so, one uh, second, I forgot to turn off the TV. Give me a second. Okay, not a problem. So while he's turning on the off the TV, I'm just going to go on ahead and say hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show for a nice podcast. I actually have Louie with me for tonight. We're actually going to be doing a little bit of movie news and discussions. We have a little bit of WandaVision that came out. We have some speculation as to Nicolas Cage might actually wanting to be on being back for Superman. We have some other stuff that we actually want to talk about with Stranger Things Season 4 news that actually came out. And then, of course, we have Star Trek 4 rumored to be uh, some rumored news for that, too. So let's go on ahead. Let's see what we got going here. Say hello to everyone, Louie. I'm sorry, what? Um, say hello to everybody. Oh, yeah, um, I have, I'm, I cannot, uh, it's really low your sound. I don't know if it's on my end or give me a second. Okay. Hello, right now? Yep. What'd you say? I said hello to everybody. 
Oh, hello there. Oh, hey, boy. Uh, it's also <laughs> the, the alcohol kicking in. Um, I'm pretty good. Went to an actual uh, bistro belge, meaning like a, a restaurant that specializes in imported uh, uh, beers from Belge, uh, Belgium. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm glad that you got a chance to get out a little bit and everything, you know. Oh, so. yeah. Well, the, the kid is at grandma's house, so... Uh, I get to have a bit of adult time, eat fancy food, and just relax. <laughs> right. There's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, I'm glad that I actually got a chance to actually have you back on the show again. And this time we actually got some She-Hulk news, too, that actually broke over the weekend. A shield, you said? She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Okay. Uh, yes, because I was going to say you, you didn't send me the She-Hulk news. But, yeah, the no. She-Hulk news. <laughs> Boy, were, were we wrong. Uh, we had really interesting <laughs> ideas, but uh, yeah, it makes sense. So Tatiana is an amazing actress, uh, Canadian for the win. We kept doing Canadian jokes of her as being Hulk. But that being said, I don't think it's what we're going to see. We're not going to see a polite She-Hulk, right? Um, but I'm no. very interested to see where to go with that. Because she's an actress who can play so many styles of personalities, right? So they really right. have something they can mold into something very unique. I just hope they don't waste that opportunity and give her something generic. I, I hope they really give her something she can bite and chew off really well and make a very you know, unique character that you're going to remember who She-Hulk is and not have, oh, yeah, the, the Hulk type, you know? Oh, I agree with you. I don't want to paint by the numbers kind of She-Hulk. I want someone, someone that can actually... I uh, have layers to them, like we mentioned before. I want someone that can actually have that gravitas inside the courtroom. I want a She-Hulk that can actually take care of her own. I want I want a She-Hulk that can be independent and, like I said, stand on her own. So I'm excited to see what Tatiana can do. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's the way they stand on their own, right? Because you, you got a character like that in Jessica Jones, right? Uh, so you got a strong female uh, no bullshit, here I am type of character. It's, again, how you approach. Because Tatiana, uh, you know, compared to certain actors, they have a bit of their shtick, and it works for the character itself. Tatiana is an open book in my end. Uh, and that means they're probably going for something very complex. I hope they are. Because she can really, you know, transform into someone else. If you haven't seen Orphan Black, uh, it's to be seen because you forget it's the same actress, but she plays like 10 billion roles on that show. So there's so much they can do. Uh, I want to see a serious uh, She-Hulk, but if they bring humor to it, I really hope they're going to avoid... Um, rehashing some things that we've seen for Hulk in the actual cinematic universe for Marvel, they really have to bring something different because if not, it just feels like the Hulk characters, the Hulk characters are very limited. And for someone who doesn't is not aware, Hulk generated a lot of spinoffs in a sense. There's even a cartoon about him having his own team, right? So if right. She-Hulk works. You can have agents of smash eventually and have his own thing. As much as it sounds far-fetched, we got freaking Guardians of the Galaxy and a couple years back, we never thought we would. So, you know, if it's done properly, there's a there's a potential for spin-offs and expanding your universe, making sure that for the next 20 years you even have more content, right? Oh, most definitely. I mean, 
like you said, we would never be in this thing if it wasn't for Kevin Foggy, where he was like, you know mm. what? Let's take a chance for Guardians of the Galaxy and see what happens. A space opera set into the MCU level? We never yeah. thought in a million years. Exactly. And it, it just blows my mind that, like, the potential, you know, the Hulk universe has. Because general population, the green monster that smashed things. Again, it's it's easy to, to go in that, you know, mindset. Because for a long time, Aquaman was the guy who talked to fish. And then Jeff Johns changed everything, changed everything and changed the perception with the new 52 iteration in comics. And then, you know, Jason Momoa being the, the star, uh, being um, Aquaman, you know, it brings some seriousness to the character. But for a long time, it was not taken seriously. No. So same thing for Hulk. Hulk can be a lot more than smashing. The Hulk universe can be a lot more just smashing brainless. They showed it with Thor 3. Uh, sorry, they shared it with the last Avengers. They have a they have a chance to show a whole different side with with Hulk universe with She Hulk. I just hope the the they have a, a really solid game plan. Which it's Disney. They should. And again, we got Ant Man, right? So, right, exactly. Which is something that I've never really even expected either for them to do. So, you know, anything is possible when it comes down to She Hulk. But you see, then that's what it scares me because Atman felt slightly forced. The character I like, but the whole idea of it, I don't find it fits MCU as well as other characters. And I find the only reason why uh, why Atman exists is because he was attached. Uh, I forgot his name. A very famous director that was already producing it, and they already injected money into it. And then the Marvel universe exi- uh, came to existence. So I kind of felt like Feige saying, ah, we already have it. You know, it's already started. Might as well find a, a patching route. But that's what it feels like. It feels like something that got patched in and not fully part of the universe. And so those moments exist with Marvel. They do not make 100% integral into the whole universe products. I just hope that She-Hulk or wherever direction are going in certain you know, lesser-known characters don't go that route, route because Atman is not known, and he's not the most talked-about character in the Marvel universe. No. He's the most underrated, if you actually think about it, the most underrated really? character. Because yeah. I never see anybody said, "Hey, you know what? Let me get an action figure of Ant Man." I never see a kid carrying an Ant Man action figure. Well, now Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd, you never know, right? And <laughs> like my girlfriend, the only reason she watched that movie is because of Paul Rudd, you know. Right. So you know, and but yeah, you're right. Atman is not the coolest, but so is in the Guardians. I right. just there's mispotential in in Atman. The I, you never know with the Kang coming up and potentially Fantastic Four. There they might be shooting for greatness, which Atman deserves. Just the way he treated it in the first two movies, uh, what he deserves and what he got, you know, didn't fit. No, it it really doesn't in a sense. I thought the first film actually felt like an MCU film opposed to mm. the second one. But, you know, I felt like he was basically a side character that was good for in-game. I thought he was actually needed for in-game versus his own spin his own movies. That exactly like I, i'm sorry like how long has hawkeye been in freaking marvel and didn't get his movie yet i mean like atman like I said would have been a good side character didn't need his own movie 
yet. You know, prove herself, right. uh, prove to everyone that you're an interesting character that you really want to see on its own, like Falcon. Falcon, after a while, became interesting with Bucky. Uh. What's coming up is, oh, I can only imagine what kind of flavor going to bring, but it's going to be interesting because we saw them and we're craving to see something else than just them always in a group setting, right? Right. Do the, they should have done the same with Atman, but like give certain characters their goddamn movies, like Hawkeye, you know, or Ronin. Like give me a Ronin version, right? He goes really badass, and you you, you see him lose his way and have like almost like a requiem for a dream but pg-13 you know, he, he goes on, on down the path and into darkness and eventually he, go, he finds a light but give certain characters you know importance sometimes they wasted certain things and they they shouldn't have i agree with you on that and i would actually pay for a ronin uh movie though i would actually pay for that not only that but you know with she hulk i i would like to actually see her and maybe have Let's see here. Dare, her and Daredevil do get out in the courtroom. Matt Murdock and her. But that's a, like, is it part like will the Netflix universe actually um, integrate into this? Because it kind of feels like a missed opportunity, right? You're getting She-Hulk, you're getting Moon Knight, you're getting some like right. the, the more C-less characters. But it fits in with the down-to-earth shit like um like iron fist no maybe not iron fist but daredevil luke cage etc uh are one day are they gonna get recast or are they actually recognizing that universe it's gonna be interesting to see how they deal with uh what they did with netflix right i'm hoping they that kevin foggy sees that the problem wasn't the acting of the direction or anything like that when it mm. came down to Daredevil and The Punisher, because those are the two top shows that everybody loved. I'm hoping that they keep the casting the same for that. Same thing with Jessica Jones. I just hope that they do a different type of plot line for her and keep Purple Man alive this time. Yeah, but yeah, and God knows you can rip. That's the cool thing about Wanda, which we'll talk about it, but Wanda itself, right. of course. Uh, about that character, she can erase uh, past decisions that you know was made by Marvel and just snap at her finger. Hey, it's no longer like that because right. she has the capacity, right? Uh, it becomes interesting uh, because, yeah, Jessica Jones personally is my favorite of all the Netflix. Uh, I know a lot of people love Daredevil, how to an extent, um, I loved her character. yeah, and I. I I find it was the most diverse of all the shows because a lot of like Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Daredevil was good, but after you know a while, kind of melded together. It's like, where am I? I like, didn't I seen this before? And like, oh no, just very similarly written. It's always the ninjas coming out of somewhere. Her every character, like every villain, felt a little bit unique and its own chapter, right? right. And it. it it did well. Now, it would suck if they lose focus. Like you said, they they recognize that characters are there. That being said, don't make another show out of them. But you, you know, you put in uh, Falcon, you put in a couple characters that still hasn't, haven't had their movie yet, but they still shine, right? Uh, you have your support characters in a movie. Do the same thing for the show. Use them as support characters. The you know, they appear one or two episodes out of the whole season, but they bring value to your uh, to your show because it feels more connected. 
Right. I agree with you on that. And speaking of WandaVision, did you ever get a chance to see the trailer for it? I love it. Like, okay. I knew what I was heading for when I knew the concept of the 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 series itself. I, I kinda knew it was gonna be a sitcom but with like a twist, right? My girlfriend had no no clue what she was watching at first. <laughs> and she still didn't when she, she finished. She said, What is this? What's happening? And that's what I'm a bit afraid of, to be honest. Um I know what's going on. I find it interesting. I actually am very excited. But the general public might be a big what the fuck because it's so unique. Uh, it's, it's probably so going to get... Yeah, exactly. It's probably going to get on, but it's probably going to do like what Joker did. And no one really catched what it was except for a couple of people until they watched the movie. Like, holy shit, what did I live through? Same thing with Rwanda Vision. Like, it's so unique and confusing if you don't know what's going on. So it might seem odd, but once you watch the the entire product, you're like, okay, that was an interesting experience. That congratulate congratulations to the studios for trying something new because that's what it feels like. Right, and I even said this on my podcast though before in the earlier stages of my podcast with Wanda Vision when they first said it was going to be a sitcom. And I said, I, I could picture it, 1960s, Honey, I'm Home kind of feel to it, mm. where everything's all peachy in her world. She has her man back again. They're living their life like nothing even happened. And mm. I'm hoping they actually do this route. I'm hoping, meanwhile, while her world is all, is all hunky-dory, our world is being rocked yeah. by her storm. It's interesting to see how, like, if ever you do approach that at all, or it's like the the last scene of the last episode of the season, you actually see what's going on in real world. It kind of gives you like a future glimpse of what to expect in like phase four, in the middle of phase four, right? Uh, They can do a lot of interesting, you know, blindsides with that show that make everyone talk, right? Like, if you love Avengers, you must watch this movie because this show because there's this part. Like, you have a lot of potential. Right. What I felt like, it, is it me? Or it kind of felt like Bewitched? Or uh, is it Bewitched? Yeah, it felt like Bewitched to me. Not I Dream of Genie or anything like that. But it had that very Bewitched kind of feel to it. Because mm-hmm. there's that nosy neighbor that comes and visits them. You know? And, the, and you can tell Vision just does not like that neighbor. Yeah, and like, and I love that. So when they show, like, you can see the glitches happening. Like, I don't know if it's just me. Like, Wanda seems to be confused too. So I'm wondering if she, yeah, I'm wondering if she unconsciously built it because when I heard the concept, like, okay, she actually built it herself. But what happens if what what's happening in the reality is her subconscious and not her conscious? You know, that really brings me into interesting. Um, angle to the show that you know sometimes you're so powerful you don't even realize what your powers are doing right right and i want to bring on a little sweaty uh thing rest in peace john schnepp <laughs> but um but part of wandavision and everything too is the house of m type of thing but mm. it, and another thing though too Doctor Strange is going to be introduced into WandaVision at some point. But what Doctor Strange does is he actually goes into her mind, right? And he pulls 
everything that she created apart and said, this person's dead because of this. This person's dead because of this. This person's dead because of you. You're mm-hmm. the re- downfall of why this is going on. Our world is now being shaken and torn apart part because you want to have vision back in your life again. He's gone. You need to move. Yeah, and doesn't it set up, like, for me, it feels like they're setting up Scarlet Little Witch to have a much more important role. If she has mm. that much consequence and Dr. Strange is having come in and to, like, fix, like, we thought Thanos was a threat. You're, like, destroying reality right now. Like, th- it feels like they're setting up her for her to have a very different angle that, you know, she's a good guy but she affected the whole Marvel universe and there's going to be repercussions to that. Oh, most definitely. I can definitely see that. And this also opens up the multiverse and everything too, because if you actually watch the preview and everything, remember when there's like another dimension that actually opens up. Yeah. My thing is this, what happens if she actually accidentally opens up the gateway for the X-Men to come through? It. Yes, but I don't think it's going to be implied in WandaVision. I think she's, no. there's going to be an event that happens, and we're going to get a movie like five years from now, and they're going to say, we are here because of that event, right? It's going to create a tie, but I don't mm. think it's going to be, we're going to see a Cyclops coming out. If we do, I'm no. going to probably shut my pants. But... Same. I would be glad to see it, but I also feel like this. Maybe they might introduce that into Doctor Strange versus WandaVision. Yeah, I mean, how that holy shit, you just made me think of something. Imagine the next Doctor Strange movie, and the first character you meet is Professor Xavier, Professor Xavier, and Doctor Strange. I I would fanboy so hard in that theater. The thing is, I'll be losing my uh, shit. (laughs) How do you recast X Man? How do you recast Doctor Professor Xavier? (laughs) It's it's such an interesting challenge. I mean, I'm sure there's certain casting directors are salivating at the chance, right? Right. But how do you do it? Like, you got... That's the thing. You don't have, like, one good performance, one bad performance. They're both solid. The young version, the old version. Like, the casting is near perfect, in my opinion. So how do you follow I agree. that? I don't know how they would actually follow that. Like you said, both performances landed very well. Critically, and the audience has also loved the both performances too from both actors. I don't see how you you can't get people that are actually going to compare to the two when you have someone that's new. Yeah, you and know? and again, and then bam, the casting comes out, and we're like, why didn't we think of that? You know, you 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 never know, or it can be one of those choices like Welcome Phoenix. For me personally, at first I'm like, really, but eh, and then. Again, saw the trailer, was not com- convinced, then saw the movie, and like, wow, okay, and now I understand, right? So right. Uh, they have to do something. They, they can't give us a generic and, like, a lesser uh, Dr. Xavier. I agree. And I think that Kevin Foggy is going to find the perfect match to actually fit to fit into this universe that he's created. I think he's going to do it justice. I believe in Kevin Feige on what he has in store for us. So Yeah, yeah, he did. Again, maybe not him that chooses the casting, but he definitely signs off on it. But, you know, Disney usually has a good record for casting. It's just for me, it's almost an impossible, like that and Wolverine, it's almost an impossible 
challenge because you're trying to find something different, but that can hold up to Hugh Jackman. And this is not usually in that situation, except for, you know, like kind of Sony uh, Spider-Man in a sense is, and again, it wasn't that hard because they weren't extraordinary uh, performances. They were good, but you know that Peter Parker is made to be a lot younger than the actors they casted. So they had right. wiggle room, right? But for the Xavier and Logan, especially, it, they're in a situation I don't think they've ever been in. They have to replace quality. They don't have to find quality to replace mediocre or okay. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that kind of situation because Mar- uh, Marvel has Disney Marvel has not been in that personally. No, definitely not. They haven't been in that thing where they actually have to recast quality actors and to get other quality actors for those roles. And those quality actors are so few in a sense. Like it, it, Technically, from all the actors we have, to have someone with name recognition and also field from what like the general pub- public uh, conceives as the feel of uh, Xavier and, and Wolverine and also make it interesting enough to not feel too much like what we saw before. It's it's a, an equation that, man, like, congratulations. To, to If you succeed, you, you should be paid a lot, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's see here. I know that you wanted to talk about this other little piece of information about the Star Trek. Yeah, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. <laughs> but I get it. Okay, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll just continue on. Uh, um, yeah, like, I want to see... Okay, because there's the thing. It says Star Trek Four is canceled, right? I not well, it's rumored biggest, to be canceled. Rumored to be canceled. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Rumored to be canceled. That being said, I'm not mad at it, but I want more Star Trek. If uh, On a big screen, at least. If Star Trek Four was my hope, uh, I'm happy. But the other rumor and focusing on Star Trek TV properties for the time being uh, is good. But deep down inside of me, I wanted a next generation version on screen. I wanted something that goes off of, you know, original series, but kind of I miss the TNG. I really miss uh, Next Generation. And I don't think we're going to see that on screen very soon, especially with TV. They're going to try to do their own thing, right? Um, right. I, I get it. I don't know if you've been watching Star Trek Lower Decks, the anime series. No, I haven't been. Oh, it's that... awesome. Oh, it's awesome. Is... It's sorry. How's the Go animation? Ahead. It's awesome. You ever watched the, uh, the Netflix series Final Space? Yeah, I have. I think it's from the same creators. Uh, it feels like that, and the humor is actually dark from certain moments. But if you're a hardcore Star Trek fan, there's certain like ridiculous things you can you never kind of question in the sh- in the series because it's Star Trek. But you always be like, "Well, that's kind of ridiculous." Like, like if you would you know have really weird, you're gonna die situations every episode, so like almost every week, there's always something weird happening. But no one has PTSD, and and you know, like something's gonna happen. They always seem calm. Like five seconds left, it's okay. Fire the torpedo. But in reality, 
they would be freaking out, right? And they kind of touch on that. They, you can see certain crew members have PTSD and like they're just dancing in a weird way. And one's freaking out saying they're being invaded by mind control beings and they shoot <laughs> one of them, you know? <laughs> and it's like, no, no, we were just dancing. What's wrong with you? With you. <laughs> That's what Star Trek uh, Lower Decks is bringing. And I fucking love it. So I'm not mad going on TV because they're actually doing good. Uh, I like also uh, Picard was good. Well, not the best, but it was good. And they can definitely improve, but they're in the right direction. But I want to see, um, I, I want to see also on big screen, like the popcorn events, right? And bring something different. I'm, I'm kind of sad it's going away. I am too, because I really enjoyed the reboot of Star Trek. I felt like that's what reintroduced me mm. into Star Trek again. Because it made me feel like, okay, I don't really care about Star Trek to I care about Star Trek. And mm. then you have, you know, the other films that came out, which, eh, they were okay, not the greatest in the mm. world. You know, especially when they try to act like that Khan wasn't going to be the biggest threat uh, in the film. Yeah. Uh, Abrams, you are not Lucas. You can you cannot, like, hold secrets together. Um, no. Uh, I... It's disappointing. It really is. But at the same time, I'm I'm wondering, in your opinion, John, over or under 50% that this decision was made more uh, because of COVID and less because of, like, actual interest in the movies? I'm going to say under. Oh, okay. Okay. Why? Because here's the thing. When you look at the box office numbers, they were, when you look at the very first one, it made lots of money because of the fact it's the first time that we had a Star Trek film for a long time. So you had mm. the big Star Trek-y people that actually came out and supported the film mm. and everything because it's been so long. And then you also have newcomers that actually wanted to support the film too, new Star Trek-y fans. And then also there's me who was interested in the idea of them rebooting it. And then you all of a sudden you see the, uh, the roller coaster go up and then mm. what does what happens? Then it winds up going down and seeing the peak of it going down with the numbers and statistics and everything else. So statistically, I can see why they don't want to take a chance on a movie and everything that might not be that great of a film. And not only that, audiences might get are probably tired because of the first uh the other two films. Yeah, no, and like I know some people love the last one. Some people really hate it. I'm in the middle. Uh, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't the most amazing thing. But I'm sure there'll still be an audience for a movie. Uh, what just sucks, like, like I get like not continuing that timeline, but Star Trek is big enough. I find mm. if you tap on tap in to the biggest fan base, which is Next Generation. Mm-hmm. I grew up on Next Generation. I love the original series because it's campy, Same. stupid, humorous, humorous fun. But you're not touching like the current generation's fan base. So that's what makes me disappointed. Is they they not wasted time on original series, but after a while, pass on the torch, right? And make sure that you know you get back the 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 Trekkies by actually targeting something that they want to see more than original series, personally. Right, because here's the thing. I grew up on the next generation. I would love to see Data. I would love to see somebody else play Data. You know who I... Uh, my perfect casting for Data is? Data? Uh, Sheldon from Big Bang. Yes. 
You know what, man? You and I are both on the same page because that's the first person I was thinking of too. The, 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 he can play that robotic and learning and without the comedy, right? Because you know right. he's good in the comedy, but you take out the comedy element and you sprinkle in the data learning to live with a cat and data learning to what is funny, but in a Sheldon way, it wouldn't far, feel far off from you know the character, but he would definitely bring something new that you it wouldn't be disrespect the data, which is hard definitely. to find. I agree with you on that. And not only that, but we also saw him do some serious roles, though, too, in the past. I haven't. It's, I don't think I know him from his, uh, yeah, his uh, Big Bang. I've seen him in a couple of smaller roles and stuff like that, and he can actually do some pretty good dramatic stuff if given the right part. So, yeah. you know, I'm interested in seeing what a data Sheldon would actually look like. <laughs> Most definitely. And, like, uh, the harder ones for me would be uh, Captain Picard. I, mm. I like again. It's like it's Patrick Stewart is irreplaceable, man. Until you find that perfect actor, I'm like, ah, yeah, true. So do you just cast the same actor who played the uh, <laughs> played the uh, played him as Xavier, or what do you do? You know, <laughs> that's actually what I was thinking. <laughs> just go on ahead and get uh, what's his name to go on ahead and play uh, play his part. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but again, is that insulting or is that a compliment to the actor? Like, it depends how he takes it, right? It's like, well, right. like, I mean, I'm going to replace every time he played a role. I'm like the next guy. Like, what the fuck is happening? But yeah, that's how natural he feels, though. So, right. But yeah, it, like, right. Yeah, go ahead. Because if you think about it, it's like, okay, kid, it was nice for you to do this the first time with Professor X. I, I actually applaud you for it. You did a good job. Mm. Now, what the fuck is this? What, what are you doing? <laughs> You're going to take every job I have? Yeah, I don't know. So... But again, it's it's a great compliment, right? At the same right. time, so it depends on the person who's, uh, who's you know living the situation. Uh, and like, there's then you you know they can cast back Worf, Jordy. They're like Worf, I I love, right? But it wouldn't be that hard because there's so much you can do with. Uh, and it's yes, an iconic character, but it's less fleshed out than Data and Picard personally. Um, and I would love, again, this is just me, uh, and it probably wouldn't work, but in my head it works as Amy Adams as the, Dr. McCoy. Uh, not McCoy, actually... but Crusher, Crusher. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I would like to actually see that. But again, okay. it's bringing a big name, right, uh, to attract uh, certain audiences. But there's a lot you can do. Just, man, anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll go on to the next, uh, next subject. But for me, like... Hearing that, I don't think they're going to be bring TNG onto the small screen. For me, the only way we're going to see another iteration of TNG was on the big screen. So it kind of crushed my dreams, you know. Right, same here as well. I mean, I would like to actually see another big screen adaptation of Star Trek, but we're just going to have to wait and see and see if this thing is actually going to pick up or not. You know, it could actually change. The thing about Hollywood is it always changes. Yeah, well, after for a certain point, Quentin Tarantino was supposed to make the movie, and that made me shit my pants. But in the back <laughs> of your head, kind of know, like that's not gonna last. It's too weird. Right. Of a con- Someone's getting yelled at that someone else says one day won't work. You know, right? So we have a little bit of Stranger Things news that broke out. Yeah, exactly. And... The, the, it was surprising. Same here as well with season four. Uh, they're going to resume production next week, and. Let's see here. 
let's see, they shut down on March 13th for the production of Stranger Things. And now they're going to resume next uh, next week. And this is what it says off the report from Arrow in the Head. It's, uh, they actually said, I am so excited to finally get to experience filming the show without dealing with school. This is what uh, actor Gatton uh, Martezzo says, who plays Dustin. He goes, I'm so excited to finally get to experience filming the show without dealing with school. I always love filming the show. Anyway... And I always made sure that school was the number one priority. But now, especially because I'm about to be 18, there are no uh, there are no more rules for filming. By the time I go back to filming, I turn 18 in the beginning of September. And at that point, because of the pandemic, we might not be back into filming. So I'll be 18 and they can keep me as long as they need me without any time caps. And then... Yeah. Oh, go on. That sounds like someone who's made to be an actor. Like he, like he loves the school, and he knows, like, I, I, do I really need the school? This is what I want to do the rest of my life. Like, are you kidding me? You know, that that sounds like someone who we're, we're probably going to see for the next forty years. You know. Oh, I can definitely see it. You can definitely see the passion in this kid's face whenever he's playing a certain when he playing when he's playing that role. Mm. You know. Too. Uh, the actor who plays Hopper, David Harbour, actually said this too. In prison uh, far from home in the snowy uh, wasteland of Kamakshata, I think that's how you actually say that. Okay. Where he will be, uh, he said, where he will face da- uh, dangers, both human and other. Meanwhile, back in the States, a new horror is beginning to surface, something long buried, something that connects everything. Well, you see, I always find like the upside down, like the the creature, right? It almost feels like it's like a part of an organism. Like mm. it's, it goes on the like okay, I can go. Especially I'm high. I'm not gonna go too weird because that's usually rever- reserved to the friend she talks about when I talk about theoretical <laughs> things. But there's there are concepts in life that like the way we vision the world is. Very like we we understand one percent of what actually the the whole universe and play of, plane of existence is right. Right. So if they start tapping, there's something very metaphysical and almost quantum uh, like. Right. Um, they can explore very interesting concepts and advance uh, Stranger Things to give us another season that does not feel like the preceding season. Right. right. Uh, give it the Stranger Things feeling. But having a story that we like the audience doesn't go, well, they kind of rehash that, right? They want to avoid it. So I'm 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 happy, I'm excited, and I can't wait to see where they're going. Same here as well. I'm what if they actually did it like this, where there's like a deeper part into the under into the upside down? Like what if there's a there's gonna be the brain of the whole entire upside down that they actually go in? But we and this is the thing, like I think, yes, I think we're going to see like uh, a bit like aliens and the queen or something controlling the thing, right? That the, the thing we've been seeing and the little creatures are, are, you know, pawns of something bigger. Mm-hmm. What I'm thinking though, in, in all honesty, I think that thing, that, that thing that is actually controlling them is not actually from the moat, uh, from the upside down. It's actually from the actual existence that they come from. I would love that. That was that's actually an interesting thought. I never thought of that. It's it, you, you know, know it it originated by us, but we're like 
we're like the only universe that that is left right that is not invaded from the upside down and now it's actually in our presence and that's how it starts right uh it's present then it seeds uh, and then we become that that thing but we're, they're looking probably uh, of that being in one of the upside downs and we're, then we're realizing no the universe as as we know it is already changing and we already are becoming the upside down because that thing is present in our universe for the last 100 years you know right i could definitely see that and i i would actually watch that part of the show if they did like that instead of rehashing the same thing over and over again now i love this last season that we had compared to the second season, I felt like the second season was actually the weakest. I thought okay. the third season was really good compared to the second season. Yeah, and because the third season really went into the, the 80 things we love, right? Uh, and I think they're, they're starting to give that a bit because of, of what they kind of gave us before, but I really want to push the inv- invasion of the body snatchers Mm, I would like to, that. That would actually be pretty cool. Like you don't know who to trust anymore. There, there'll be paranoia in the group, right? Because maybe one of the kids is not really one of the kids anymore. Like they're clone. Yeah, like they actually got infected per se, right? And they're they're actually spying for whatever that being is in our existence. Uh, you you create this dynamic that you haven't had before. Was mm. wasn't just like you know, adolescent uh, emotions, you're actually having a spy. So uh, touch on the the thing, touch on Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the paranoia that was present in the early, uh, middle 80 horror movies, right? Uh, that, you know, your greatest friend was actually, is actually now your greatest enemy type of concept. Right. And not only that, but I think they captured a little bit of that on the last season, especially whenever they, you had the uh, the teenage kid that was, Going around banging different people's mothers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like um, I always call, call them like the the beach douche, but yeah, the yeah, beach no. douchebag or douche uh, Tom Cruise teenager. Like, or almost like Zac Efron. Um, True. It's a doucheier Zac Efron, but right. yeah, like bring that, but like put it to a level that we haven't seen yet. Was like it's internal because those like in body snatcher moments were the people outside of the group they're like almost giving a preview of what we might expect like this is a possible like they establish the mechanics of it like this is how it works we put it on a more random character which you don't like anyways and kind of feel bad at the end but then next season what what happens when we do that to a character you actually like like dusty or like you know what or, or, someone Hopper. You, or Hopper, or you know, anyone, the mom. Imagine the fucking mom, oh, when a writer, and then she becomes evil, and they actually have to kill her almost, or you, they're about to kill her. I mean, there's so many ways that you can play oh. with that to pull your heartstrings. That mother that sacrificed everything, that believed in her child, that was you know alive when everyone said they're dead, and now she's trying to kill him. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go with this. We already know Eleven's powers is gone. Mm. And she's having to probably try and struggle to have her powers back. Mm. But what about this? What if the fact that it does happen to the mom, but the only way for the mother, for that to actually happen, the mother actually has to die, and Eleven actually has to pull that out of her through her powers. And then not only does it kill the mother, but it also kills Eleven, too. Yeah, it's... Uh... 
I, I hope they don't go too sad for season four. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm I have a feeling they're gonna shake up. If it's not that, it's gonna be something else that's gonna like just rip your heart out. I agree. And they need to stop playing it kind of safe with some of the main characters. I do wanna see some of the characters have an emotional attachment to where they die. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and like the question is who bites the dust first because you know it's gonna happen, right? Like they they were smart about it. They didn't make too much of a drastic change in the first three seasons. Uh, they they changed some characters, the roles they have, like where they're going, they're headed, but they were pretty smart of not pulling the trigger too fast. But right. if if they realize, you know, you know, there's there's moments that give those those shows, you know, emotional attachment because that those are the ones you remember, right? The ones you're like, it was so good until like that happened, this happened. I always remember. I don't know if you watch Buffy. Yeah. The Vampire Slayer. A little bit. Okay. There's a part, if you don't know, I'm sorry, spoilers, it's been out for a while. Go rent the <laughs> DVDs or stream stream them. Um but Buffy mom Buffy's mom actually dies, but not in a vampire uh got her head shot off. She dies of a heart attack. One of the episodes, it was actually light and fluffy. She goes in the room, Buffy goes in the house, I mean, and then sees her mom like, hey, mom, how you doing? And then like, mom, mom, and then starts shaking the actress, and the actress is lifeless, and it felt so real. That moment impregnates in me because I was not expecting that feeling, and it hit you in the face. Netflix Stranger Things, I hope they go that route for one single event that sticks out. There's six seasons, cool, but that one event in that that six seasons, you still think about twenty years after, right? I I think that would be a smarter move because I want them to not play it safe anymore. Yeah, I want them to take some risk. Oh, definitely, no risk, no reward, right? After a while, Stranger right. Things is is big, but you want to kind of leave a legacy. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to end like Game of Thrones with a. Puh. You know, and not like a holy shit, right? Right, exactly. And that's how I want it. I want to be like a holy shit, that really happened. I did not see that happen. Yeah. So. All right. So on to the juicy shit. Okay. So now we have a little bit of a speculation piece. And I like actually doing these speculation pieces because it gives us a chance to actually use our imaginations a little bit. It may not be true. It may be true kind of thing. So I like doing a little bit of speculations. And John, you gotta admit, like we do that without even any speculation pieces. So this is really <laughs> this can be an interesting talk. Like we can do that naturally with you know a lot of simpler news. So this this has a lot to chew on. Um, again, speculation, yes, but I kind of feel like someone's leaking a bit the direction where DC is going. It might not be exactly like Nicolas Cage or Superman, but DC, if they're smart, I think someone somewhere realized, yeah, Marvel has their, you know, cinematic universe and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? DC's catalog expands like freaking to like before like 78, right? Right. They have technically their own alternate universe, cinematic universe, in a sense that they have so many movies that if you treat it right and you consider that as its own parallel dimensions, uh, because there's no explanation why, you know, Val Kilmer and and um, and George Clooney, Clooney uh, look so different, but they're in the same Batman suit, right? You can explore those 
gaps of gray areas and add an explanation to it and be like, holy shit, everything's connected because you have an almost 50-year catalog to play with and you have uh, actors that are still alive to reprise the role after a while or, you know, finally have some closure on a role you almost got and didn't get it like Nick Cage, right? So... Uh, yeah, John Schnepp is probably like celebrating if this is going <laughs> to happen. There's he, he is right now preparing fireworks that like resemble an S symbol you know, in I heaven. Can I can definitely see it. I can definitely see him being all sweaty up in heaven uh, and be like, <laughs> man, I miss that dude. I do too, man. I really do. Um, uh, but I could actually see this Flashpoint movie going in that direction to where maybe Barry Allen is running through uh, the DC universe. And you just have, and you just, say, just see a glimpse of Nicolas Cage in his, in his Superman suit. Or you see a glimpse of Val Kilmer in his Batman suit. You, don't, you know what I'm saying? Just a little small nuggets, you know? You don't have to have no character interaction. Hey Amen. Like, take, like, not to make it cheap, make it count. Like, take notes from Spider-Verse. Like Spider Man twenty nine nine and the original uh, animated Spider Man are not actually part of the movie; they're part of the credits. But that time that like the Spider Man twenty nine nine goes into the future, uh, goes into the past, but too far in the past, and he actually ends up in the animated version, and he's like yelling at him in the style of the old classic animated version. It's nothing important, but it's so well used that you remember that shit, and it just awesome fan service there's certain characters that should be used as fan service but choose two like again and i think that's what they're doing with tim burton batman you you make him more of a important piece and you select another dc universe that could, you can connect back to and make them important that's essential for the movie but don't overexposed though don't answer too many questions and and add too many stories because then you might cheapen all your your cinematic universe but sprinkle in to give those people who saw batman forever in theaters when they were five right be excited again because you know you never thought you would see this again and that two minutes that that they're in was just enough to like excite you and be like, man, this is this day and age we never thought would happen, right? Right, because I've, I wouldn't mind seeing that because there are certain things that I really liked with the Batman Forever stuff compared to George Clooney's horrible movie, but um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the glimpses of that, you know, I, I would love to see that. Is there one character, if you were choosing any of the past DC movies uh, they did, is there one particular character like, yeah, I hope they're in it? To be honest with you, the one character that I've been wanting is Michael Keaton. But if mm. I had to go another route, I would like to see Michelle Pfeiffer in her Catwoman suit. Oh, I did not think of that, but that is freaking awesome. It really is. It really would be awesome to actually see her maybe aged uh, a couple of years. A couple of years. She's sexy no matter what. I'm sorry. Well, Uh, you know what I'm saying, though. Like, she's been in Catwoman for a long time since the last time we saw her. No, yeah. Oh, man. Why do you think of that? That's awesome. Huh. Yeah. You know what? I don't care what no one says. 
I'm gonna go a bit your route, but just a bit uh, newer. Man, give me back, uh, give me back Jim Carrey. Uh, I, oh. I know, I, I know the new Riddler's coming, but you kind of play on that, right? Do something about right. it, or oh, oh, okay, never mind. I just got it. I'm sorry, I don't know if he still acts. Give us Jack Nicholson's Joker. I want to see what happens oh. to an old Joker, please. Oh, that would be great. This is we're already having the old Michael Keaton back. Why not have him back? Yeah, I mean, like he, we all think he's dead, but Joker, oh. they always find ways, you know, um, that if you want to tie in the multi universe, that Jack Nicholson Joker is somewhere else in another person's Batman, right? And find a way right. to go to his dimension. There's so many ways you can play this. It's limit, limited imagination when it comes to multiverse. It definitely does. Um, I remember writing a fan fiction where the Joker steals some type of artifact to where he's jumping into different universes, like the Green Arrow universe from CW and stuff like that. Um, uh... You know what I'm saying? I actually had that kind of fan fiction drawn up in my head, and then he jumps. It's like a little quick... Uh, tip of the hat thing, and then he jumps over to the Jack Nicholson uh, Joker. Well, yeah, yeah, you know what? It, it, it can definitely work with an artifact. You just made me think because I, I was gonna say something about like uh, they have to stick to the, um, the they have to stick to the movie, movie universe because it's separated. But you know, the Justice League Flash actually appeared on the TV show Flash. Mm-hmm. So is that an is that a hint that we actually might see crossovers finally? I wouldn't mind seeing a crossover. I understand where some people were saying, well, doing shared universes with your movie universe, with your TV universe, handcuffs the writers for some creative room. And I was one of those people that actually said that. But now seeing the views actually going down for some of the shows and stuff like that where people are not that excited anymore, I think now is the time to unhandcuff yourself and go all in. Yeah, okay, mate. Okay, here's my point of view. That would be good. But what if also they might see not just like, yeah, you can bridge together and do fan service. But what if they use this, and we talk about it a bit with Marvel, it can simply apply with DC, to fix certain errors of the past. Use the same actress or actor, let's say, Poison Ivy, get Human Thurman back. Just give her a good script. Right. Give her a good five minutes and show us what we could have had in the right direction. Same thing for, hell, bring back Arnold Schwarzenegger as uh, uh, as Mr. Freeze and give him another five minutes and make him badass, you know? Give her a better script. I mean, come on. I mean, so fixing Oma your Thurman is a, to me, Oma Thurman is a great actress. She just got the shit into the deal. Oh, for sure, and and that's why like it'd be an interesting t- way also to redeem certain things they they've done in the past. Maybe not even them, but like, hey, l- l- let's up uh, Marvel and not only give uh, a multi universe awesomeness, but let's also listen to the fans. And they've been complaining the last twenty years that why the hell did you do Campy? Well, we can show you. We can bring the same character and you know in a different circumstance, and now it works. So again, I'm excited for the possibilities. Another possibility, I'm going to pass it to you. Because okay. in the title, right? The Flash movie wants Nicolas Cage as Superman, Bale, Kilmer, Clooney, and O'Donnell. Uh, 
is really Christian Bale like that's one thing I don't think I want to cross over. It's so far off from the fantasy aspect. Mm. Would it really work? No. Uh, I'm going to say this. The Christian Bale Batman only works with realism. Yeah. And to have Chris and for Christopher Nolan's universe to actually cross over, it wouldn't mix well. That would be a remix that wouldn't go well together. Because number one, Christopher Nolan didn't want to have aliens in his films. He didn't want to have a multiverse in his films. He didn't want to have the Flash in his films. He wanted yeah. it to be like somebody could actually do this. So for them to have a Batman that's based off of realism and putting it into a different universe, which is comic booky, I don't think so. Yeah, I know for sure. And yeah, it, it wouldn't work either. That's what I'm thinking too. One they could have a lot of fun with is Chris O'Donnell. He's gotten all older, right? How do him like? I'm sorry, do it like he was Nightwing a bit, Nightwing a bit, right? Mm-hmm. But in Spider Man, he had that like not the loser Spider Man, but the Spider Man looked down, down on his luck because you look at him, he does, he's not fit anymore. He's not, you know, no, he's not what he used to be, and which is nothing wrong with that. But he changed because you know people change and their bodies change, but. If they're looking for Chris O'Donnell, I hope they don't bring him again as Robin. I hope they bring him as the guy who tried to take over Batman and went well after a while, but now has like there's a different Batman, uh, a Terry Maguire or you know something, mm-hmm. another iteration of Batman. He and he's just like the mentor, you know. I'll be okay with that. I'll definitely be okay with that. So, uh, all right, and last thing, you want the cage as soups? As long as it's just passing through. What if he's you awesome? Know? What if he's passing through and like, oh my god, this is a Superman I never knew I needed. I wouldn't mind actually checking out a performance with Nicolas Cage as Superman. Mm. You know, I like him as an actor. He's an Academy Award winning actor. You know, and you know, he's got some shit in the deals lately too. When you look oh, yeah. at everything, but and, and I know you didn't like Mandy. Me, I love that movie. Um, but he he's experimenting with a lot more different, lower budget, almost Lovecraftian shit, you know. Uh, and that's what he's good at. He's gonna over dramatic, over the top. So again, might not be a good Superman at all. But I've always since the documentary of Schnepp, uh, as we mm-hmm. said before, with that documentary, that made me think. What if I'm never gonna see it? But what if now it's like we might actually see it? What's going right. on here? You know, so that thing that I never thought would be possible might be happening. It's too intriguing for me to ignore it. Exactly, and I, I would. I, no, I'm not gonna <clears throat> lie to you. I would geek out over it if I actually saw Nicolas Cage in a Superman outfit. I would actually geek out over it. And I did see that documentary with Snap. What Snap did. Yeah. And because they went far, right? There's just a lot of things conceived, and it's almost a last second it didn't happen. So I, I couldn't blame like it, it, I don't know. Like he bought um, his back his million dollar uh, copy of Superman. His son is named after Kal El, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if there's one person that's guaranteed on maybe to say absolutely yes, please, thank you, Lord, it's about time I get this role, is Nick Cage, and he might be on board fully, right? Right, I can see that. I think Nicholas Cage. That might. You know, what would be funny if that's actually his comeback. 
What do you mean? And the start, like maybe Nicholas Cage's comeback is him doing that. Besides Natural Treasure. Yeah, I mean, like it's true. I imagine, like the Nick Cage Superman is so awesome. They actually make a full feature film because people are clamming for it because they love what they've seen, and it started a whole different type of Superman. Right? The, the again, multiverses equal endless possibilities, especially to fix problems or missed right. opportunities you had before. I agree with you. So. Is there anything else that you wanted to catch on or anything, or is that pretty much everything that you wanted to cover? Yeah, it's pretty much on my end. Okay. Same here on my end as well. So I just want to say thank you again for being on the show, man. It's always been a blast whenever you got come on the see. show. And also, too, where can the kids find you at? Well, the kids, as you call them. <laughs> Apparently, uh, human population can find me at Schmozer North Podcast. It's been a bit slow. I'm sorry. Your episode's still not out yet because life is hard. Um, but it's it's coming. And also, uh, it, I'm pre-planning a, a lot of content coming out pretty much in you know in sequential format. Uh, so go take a look soon. If not, you know Schmozer North and Anchor, we do have a lot of content that you can listen already. We have amazing movie coverage. We have amazing talks about general stuff. Uh, and if you know what the Schmodown is, go look at our YouTube page. Uh, we cover Schmodown as if we're commenting sports itself. So take a look at that. If not, you can uh, finally co- uh, contact me on Facebook uh, under Louis Monette, M-O-N-E-T-T-E. And you can also find me on Twitter on Norton Schmoes. All right. And... Okay, guys, get this. Um, matter of fact, we're actually doing about 31 days of horror. Ooh. So, yeah. As a matter of fact, yesterday started day number one with Crichton. We actually did a review on The Conjuring. We did some home decorating, do-it-yourself stuff. You guys can actually check that out on the YouTube channel, but not only on the YouTube channel, but you guys can actually check that out on the podcast as well if you guys want to check that out. Another thing, too, I actually, actually have Ross... Rossi McCree on, which is an independent actress that I interviewed a couple of months back. And she's going to be back on the show tomorrow night for our top 10 horror movies. So that will be our day three of the 31 Days of Horror. Because we actually did another show just recently. Me and uh, Quentin Bennett actually did a show where we were actually discussing the very first Friday the 13th movie. So you guys can actually catch that up on YouTube tomorrow whenever it gets done processing. And guys, if you guys want to, you guys don't have to. You guys can go ahead, donate me a couple of cups of coffee over at buymeacoffee.com. This is just to keep the lights on at Movie Loves Unite. If you guys want to go ahead and donate me a couple of cups of coffee to be able to get better sound equipment, better headphones, stuff like that. And also, too, I want to go on ahead and do giveaways with digital copies. So that's your money will go towards giving you guys something back so go ahead go to buy me coffee.com slash movie lovers that's going to be in the description notes you guys can find me at movie lovers tv lovers unite on facebook and also on instagram and we even have a pinterest now you can find me also on movie lovers unite.com you can follow me at movie lovers unite uh, or unit on twitter and you can also follow me john degorio 8 on twitter as well and as and- always huh 
And I uh, might as well say fast, fast. Uh, we are like, if I follow through my conversations uh, we had before, uh, we have two very exciting uh, things coming up. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, we're no. going to probably uh, review very soon the original t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Can't wait to revisit that. And we're supposed Me to too. eventually do a fantasy draft on a superhero movie. And I don't know about you, man, but I got mine fully fleshed out right now. I got my fleshed out, ready to go. So let me know when you want to do that, man. I'll be glad to do it. Bring also, on the judge. Bring on the judge. I'm going to beat you, bro. All right. And there's also one more thing I want to tell you, too. Tamika wants us to do a booty call uh, movie review. A booty call? Moody, a booty call movie review. It has Jamie Foxx in it. It's an old movie that came out in 95 or 96. Okay. Oh, Eric. Okay. For, for uh, one second, think. What you want me? You want me and you to review all like sex scenes and movies? What's going on here? <laughs> no, that's actually the name of the comedy. Is Booty Call? She wants. To, she had a request. Oh, okay. Like I've, I've, uh, you would have to uh, to tell me where I can find Booty Call on one of the streaming <laughs> services, and I'll, I okay. will try to convince my girlfriend to let me watch that. Um, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, perfect. And you heard the man. The man needs some mojo. Uh, give him a coffee, give him a little thing. He deserves it. He works hard. He really needs, uh, the, not, not needs, but he deserves to get the backing from you all. You're listening. You've been listening for a year. You've been listening for a day. You've been listening for a month. You know this guy gives, gives good cotton. Yeah, be a generous. Give it two bucks. Thanks, you man. I do appreciate that. That means a lot to me. All, all right. right. So always until next time, guys. God bless you guys. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.